Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. Connor Morissette and Lance Smith with you this week. We just finished up a big weekend at the Golden One Center in Sacramento covering boys and girls basketball CIF state championships. Lance, what a weekend it was. First time both of us had the opportunity to go up to Sacramento to cover those, and we got a lot to get to, but have you caught up on sleep after that very busy weekend? Still getting there, making progress for sure. Uh, Definitely a lot of exertion, but uh, thank God every minute of it is fun. Absolutely. So today we want to break down some of the top performers, some of the best glue players who may be coming into the games. We didn't know their names, but afterwards we'll remember their names for the rest of uh, our careers because they had such good games. Some some people who uh, maybe weren't on the map to begin the weekend, but now certainly are on the map. And then some superlatives, best game, best performance, best coaching job, best press conference. And I added one more, Lance, that I didn't tell you about. I have best storyline. And if you if that catches you off guard, we can talk about that at the end. So <laughs> I wanted to give you a heads yeah, up. I can, I'm up for it. Okay, awesome. So let's start with this, though. I just felt so bad for the teams that came in, didn't have any experience playing in an NBA arena like a lot of teams didn't, but they couldn't shoot. And so... I thought Foothill fell into that category against Elk Grove. That was probably the worst example. They were 3 of 18 from 3. Elk Grove hit 8 threes on the boys' side to win the D2 championship. Uh, It also happened in D5 with Stuart Hall hitting a bunch of threes and Chafee struggling on offense. Sierra Canyon girls, I I feel like if Mitty, even if they had a good shooting night, Sierra Canyon girls had such a good shooting night in the Open Division championship game that it really wouldn't matter they were shooting the lights out so i just felt bad that they had to go up against a buzzsaw uh midi did in sierra canyon and then venice and pleasant valley both of those teams shot really well in division three on the boys side so that was fun to watch and it was nice because it felt like a regular high school game and even better than a regular high school game because the stakes were so high and both players on those teams were playing so well in the end pleasant valley came out on top but that that was sort of my overarching takeaway from the weekend I feel like if some of those games had been played at a neutral, just regular gym, maybe different outcomes would have happened. But when it's in Sacramento at the and at the Golden One Center, not the and One Center, you have to adjust. And some teams were able to do so, some teams weren't. That was one of my biggest takeaways. What do you think about that, Lance? Oh, a hundred percent. There's no doubt. And I think for a lot of the lower division games on the girls' side, it was especially prevalent. Uh, five, four, and three, uh, and two. So. Uh, 100%. The, you can't really teach experience when it comes to that kind of stuff and how distracting it can be. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, even though it is a valid reason to struggle, uh, the, the kids who stepped up, a lot of them didn't have any more experience in a setting like that than the ones who didn't step up. So, uh, But yes, 100% agree. Let's get into some top performers now. On the boys' side, I have 11 names here. I can just give my overarching first few, and then we can go into some on the girls' side before we get into uh, more names. But I thought, and this will get into the superlatives in a little bit too, but I thought the best player was Donovan Dent from Corona Centennial. Biggest game, Open Division Championship. The game's tied 46-46 with four minutes to go against Modesto Christian. The money's on the table. Who's going to take it? And he came out and led his team to a 13-4 run to win, scored a couple layups, had the game killing assist to Aaron McBride, and he was playing injured a little bit. He, I also thought he was the Huskies' most consistent player. Really impressed with him. On the other side, for Modesto Christian, Jamari Phillips. 
I feel like in five, ten years from now, his little leg kick that he does on his threes, that's going to be what he's known for. And it's not like a dirty thing at all. He just kicks out one leg, and it's just really cool to, to see. It's almost like he's shooting like a half-court shot, just putting that one leg up every time he shoots a three, and a lot of the times it goes in. So I thought he, from like a, I don't want to say marketing perspective, but like one guy who I didn't watch, who I feel like down the line is good enough to really capitalize on the name image and likeness all that good stuff that little leg kick might serve him very well down the line and he was fantastic as a sophomore for modesto christian uh definitely a player to watch coming back as a junior really excited for him he's a top kid in his class so being able to watch him was fun and then for elk grove amir Britton, i thought was really really good as well he had that really good move where he looked like he's going to drive the basket step back hit a three he did that twice against foothill Fouled out at the very end, but the Elk Grove lead was big enough where they, where they saw the game out. Those are my three biggest impact players, and, and I'll get to some more. But who who are some of the names on the top of your list, Lance, on the girls' side? Uh, a lot of a lot of the teams that played, and a lot of the ones that won, didn't have players score more than 10, 12, 14 points. Uh, the ones who definitely have the biggest stock rising performances, uh, needless to say, Juju Watkins, 23-19. Uh, with six blocks, six assists, and three steals. And she only played 24 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, so if she hadn't picked up a few fouls, uh, I think at least one or two of them being kind of questionable. I'm not saying they were the wrong call, but definitely borderline. Uh, she she would have had a 20-25 by five. Uh, so that would have been nuts. But uh, definitely a legacy cementing performance from her. I mean, she she's thrived obviously in club and she's thrived in, in national team, but as far as specifically the high school level goes, uh, this was the legacy. I mean, I mean, you don't have to win a championship uh, when you're as good as her to have an amazing legacy. Uh, but after they came up short against Atawanda and uh, after just how, how many years already she's been so good uh, to have this big win uh, really uh, changes things when you look at what she's accomplished. Um, so definitely Juju uh, in, in the Division One game, Winward versus Salesian. Uh, Salesian, uh, Sylvia, or Via Fanangaloa, a big, strong 6-1 center. Uh, she had 18 points and nine rebounds. Uh, Sky Belker for Windward was actually the leading scorer in, in that game. Uh, just put out a highlight video of just hers from the game uh, earlier this morning if you want to go check it out. Uh, junior Princeton commit. She had a game high 21 points uh, on nine of 18 shooting. Uh, she might be the best mid-range scorer in the state. Uh, she has a fantastic high elevating uh, mid-range pull-up that no one can contest. Uh, great, great footwork in the kind of 12 to 15 feet range. Uh, also a three, uh, three-point shooter. Good finishing inside. Uh, excited to see where she takes Windward next year uh, with some other good players on that team. Uh, so that was a good one for her. Um, a lot of the other games, it was like, yeah, they had a few players play great, but just no one have that big of a game. Uh, we're, we're, remind me, are we talking about glue, glue guys or glue players too yet? Or was this just the biggest performances? This was just the biggest, so we'll get to that in okay. a second. Thank you for that question. I have a few other top performers I'll, I'll hit on quickly, and then we can get to the best glue players. So from Scripps Ranch, Lamont Wilkerson, in a game against Justin Siena where there wasn't much offense, Wilkerson provided the lone spark for both teams, and, and he was really great. Also won a football state championship at Scripps Ranch, and, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit because only the fourth team ever in 
California high school history to win a football and boys basketball state championship in the same year. Scripps Ranch was. Wilkerson was the best player for Scripps Ranch. Damien and Clovis North in Division One. I. I thought it was a really ugly game from Damien, but they were just the better team, so they ended up hanging on. Caleb Smith had some nice moments on offense. I want to shout him out. R.J. Smith had some nice dunks as well. But Connor Amundsen, the Clo- Clovis North sharpshooter sophomore, he scored 25 points. I don't want to say he was the best player on the floor because that might be unfair to R.J. Smith, but he might have been the best player on the floor in that game. He was really, really good. Kept Clovis North in the game. It was pretty ugly. Clovis North really presses, and there was one player on Damian, who, a starter, who had 10 turnovers, so it, it wasn't the prettiest game. But uh, Amundsen really caught my eye. Noah Thomas at Pleasant Valley was really good. Ned Joyce at Pleasant Valley, he hadn't made a three in his last eight games, and then he hit four threes in the state championship. That was cool to see. Tyler Hunt at Venice was phenomenal, the sophomore in a loss. And then for Stuart Hall, Brandon Lum, and Jackson Jung, the dynamic duo for for them, had really good games against Chafee. And Lum and Jung, they've been doing the scoring all year long and playing in the Golden 1 Center didn't bother them at all. So I thought those were the 11 best players that I saw in these games. And then we can go over to some glue guys now. So, Lance, let's start with you. Who are the best glue players who you saw? I just want to shout out one more person I totally forgot from the last one who definitely belongs with the, with the three or four I said. Uh, and that would be Hannah Golan uh, at Branson. Uh, under the radar, uh, but potential Division One player def- or, or definitely a good you know D2-ish level player, uh, kind of a hybrid forward. She was... Uh, getting it done inside, also hit a couple jumpers. I think she had 21 points, 15 boards, and was also huge defensively. So just wanted to say that. Uh, glue players, uh, starting with Sierra Canyon. Uh, it, so with Christy Reynoso, it, it's kind. Of, when I think of a glue player, they're usually more of a jack-of-all-trades than a specialist. Uh, but when you need, when you have so many driving threats in an offense like Sierra Canyon, uh, an elite three-point shooter, just spot-up guy or girl who can uh, play off the ball and uh, score 14 points on five shots, like uh, that kind of is a glue guy. And uh, in terms of the effect they have in a half-court offense, and and a lot of people, well, when she when she went off four for four from three and a mid-range pull-up, a lot of people were like, "Whoa!" Like breakout performance. Who is this kid? And they are telling on themselves because <laughs> anyone who knows knows that Christy Reynoso from her first day at Sierra Canyon was already one of the best pure shooters in the state. And I don't have the stats, but I guarantee you they confirmed that. Uh, so Christy, Reyno- Christy Reynoso, one amazing story for Sierra Canyon this year, especially in their state playoff run, uh, is McKinley Randolph. You have a four-star uh, top 20 or top 25 player in their class who averages 22 and 13 as a freshman. Uh, the way that she has just been willing to be a, at times a leading scorer, but more often than that, a glue guy uh, for Sierra Canyon uh, with Juju coming in. Uh, that, that's just been tremendous. And honestly, even though her stats have taken a hit, uh, it's actually only raised her stock for me, frankly. So uh, McKinley Randolph, for sure. Uh, what, what's interesting about Salesian is they, they kind of have, uh, everyone's the glue guy for them. Uh, they only have one player who averages over 10 a game, and she averages 10 and a half a game. So for them, it, it, it was the way they were all, all season, have been able to have a lot of, a lot of stars buy into being glue guys all at the same time. Um, for Sage Hill, uh, everyone talks about Emily Eady and, and Isabel Gomez, uh, but Kat Righeimer and Annabelle Spots, 
Uh, no doubt about that. They've gotten better as the season's gone along. I think they were both injured early in the season. Uh, I'm almost positive or COVID or something. Uh, and when they weren't there, uh, Sage Hill fell way off. Uh, but Sage Hill has so much defensive switchability. Uh, they have so many. The, the fact that one of the reasons they turned their game around when they were down 22 9 to San Joaquin Memorial, but turned it around offensively, was that they went in and said, I'm, We're going to post up our six foot one wings. Uh, and, and the fact that you have, they just have so many players who are, can be that score and not be that score in any given huge game uh, is huge. Uh, so those are those are the big ones for me. Um, yeah, the, the, those are the big ones for me. Uh, and oh, oh, I would also say Oakland Tech. Everyone knows Maurice Lomvici and then Sofia Askew Gonzalez. Uh, Aaron Sellers is a bucket, and uh, her 11 points was a game, was a team high. They needed a microwave scorer in that game, and uh, she she was that kind of role player who stepped up as a as a scorer. So uh, Aaron Sellers as well. Awesome. A few names that come to mind for me when you, we talk about glue guys. So I think Aaron McBride is better than a glue guy, but on Corona Centennial, that's just the position he plays. And talking to Josh Giles, that's kind of how he sees McBride when I think McBride is a freak athlete who he shoots well, he he, he defends very well. I, I think he could be the best player on, on some, some other really good teams. Uh, but for Centennial, he, he's their glue guy, so he probably belongs in the other category. But when you're playing on a team that has so much talent, sometimes you just have to be that glue person. But some of the athletic moves, Lance, and you saw in the championship, like he didn't connect on some of these dunks, but some of these rebounds where he comes in and tries to dunk it and stuff, it, it's for a glue guy, I, I don't think uh, that's fair to, to, to really call him that. But on that team, he is. So uh, I want to shout him out. For Elk Grove, they had some guys really step up. Carlos Cepeda hit the biggest three in the game for them, and then Jordan Hess hit three threes, really helped extend their lead against Foothill and keep Foothill a little bit further away from them before they could play the foul game at the end, and those threes ended up winning Elk Grove the game, along with Britton and Dijon Lott rebounding the ball. Wanted to shout out those guys. Jack Leatherwood at Scripps Ranch, the quarterback on their state title-winning team in football. He had eight blocks on defense which was really impressive for, for scripts ranch yeah yeah and then uh we'll get to the best best press conference moment in a minute but it has to do with him and, and talking about the block so we'll, we'll get to that and then oscar lopez at venice senior point guard devin johnson had battled injuries this year for venice who, who's their starting point guard but lopez had played so well that he broke into the starting lineup when Johnson came back, and boy, did Lopez have a huge state championship. He started 3-for-3 three three from deep. Venice came out quick to a 10-0 lead. Lopez was firing all night. He, he was so confident, and that was really cool to see. Unfortunately, Venice came up a little bit short, but but that was Lopez's best game that I've seen him play. I've covered a few of Venice's games, and, and that was his best one by a mile. And after, in the press conference, you could tell he was the leader of that team, and uh, even though he might not have been the best player, that, that goes to Tyler Hunt, and I think Devin Johnson is really good as well. Lopez, in terms of those glue guys, he might have had the best performance out of any of them. Uh, I remember watching him shoot. He, he made like his fifth three, and then the woman sitting behind me at the game was like, oh, what are they doing letting that kid shoot? He's making everything. So that's a cool memory of, of, of a really good kid that I'll, I'll remember. So wanted to shout him out. Let's get into some superlatives now, Lance. What was the best game of the weekend on the girls' side, in your opinion? This is a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Sage Hill game. Uh, Sage Hill came back from 22-9 against San Joaquin Memorial, and uh, they didn't lead until the last minute. 
and uh, took a couple last minute buckets for them. Uh, and they ended up winning by four points, I think. Um, but but it, it, it came down to the last several seconds. Uh, you know, just a, just a good comeback. Uh, nothing, uh, no other ridiculous storylines there, uh, but just a really good gutsy comeback um, by a team that has had some good comebacks this year. Uh, one of the things that's cool about them is Coach Kerwin Walters' demeanor. Uh, he's really calm and he trusts his players so much. Uh, he tears into his players, pub- at least publicly, probably the least of almost any coach I've seen at that level, uh, especially for one with a lot of underclassmen. And, uh, you know, underclassmen do tend to get yelled at a little more in general. And I think the fact that the the way that his calmness, even when they're down or they're, the other team is on a run, the fact that he trusts his team and sticks with them and still calls timely timeouts, uh, but but doesn't freak out. I think they feed off that the same way he feeds off them, uh, and it's just a cool dynamic. So that 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 was a cool thing to watch, uh, even when at first offensively they played their worst half of basketball uh, of the whole year by far. So uh, I think that gets the vote by me. But um, it was a close one. Obviously, Modesto Christian versus Corona Centennial. A uh, few of them on the board. I mean, the, just the whole weekend. But I'll take that game. D two. The best game on the boys' side, in my opinion start to finish was the Pleasant Valley Venice game with Venice coming out to that hut start like I just talked about with Oscar Lopez Pleasant Valley overcomes it they go on to win 57-53 what I loved about this game two public schools it had moments that kids will remember forever Lopez being unconscious from three Noah Thomas the great Pleasant Valley scoring guard heard a bunch of MVP chants from his school uh, who was at the game there were a ton of kids the student section was really loud which was awesome. I thought Pleasant Valley executed really well at the end. Sometimes these close games, it's not about who wins, it's about who loses. We see in the state championship from time to time, but I thought Pleasant Valley went out and won the game, which was awesome. The Ned Joyce story is really cool about how Noah Thomas said, hey, shoot, you you haven't been shooting at all these last couple weeks. We need you to shoot. And he knocks in four threes to help Pleasant Valley win, including the game winning three. I thought that was awesome. That game, I think the open game, my heart had or my stomach had some butterflies in like the middle of the fourth quarter, but that game was the one game on the boys' side where I was fluttering at the very end, which I think that goes a long way to saying how good of a game that was. Um, best performance, Lance. I think it has to be Juju Watkins. So I'll just give my two cents. I think she looked like the most pro-ready player out of anyone uh, at this weekend. So it's her, right? You can't really give it to anyone else. Yep. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. same yeah, fact, actually, oh, I'm so sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, it, it's funny you say pro ready, uh, which is uh, absolutely true. Um, I had a, a coach of, of one of the best teams. They, they didn't play Sierra Canyon, but uh, for, uh, for some I can't remember why they were talking about it. Maybe they did. Actually, they did. Uh, but he told me uh, in, in all honesty uh, that, uh, she could start in the WNBA right now. And uh, one of the other teams in that game had a coach who's in the WNBA. He said, trust me, go ask her right now. She'll agree with you. Uh, <laughs> so that was a couple weeks before before the state playoffs. So uh, you, you reminded me of that. That is hilarious. And I think she certainly has WNBA potential and maybe not even potential. Maybe she could just play right now like they're saying. that That's hilarious. Uh, the best performance on the boys' side, I already talked about it a little bit, Donovan Dent. He was the team's most consistent player in the biggest game of the year. 
And then when just the, the biggest thing that in all of our coverage in football, basketball, and everything, when the game is on the line, who's going to come out and take the game? That, that for me, that's the, the biggest barometer of, of a, a good player, in my opinion. When, when the stakes are the highest, the game is on the line, who comes out and takes it? And that's what Donovan Dent did for Corona Centennial. So I have to give him the best performance honor, 21 points. He was really, really good. Uh, speaking of that, so when the game was tied, when Modesto Christian came back, it was, what, 48-48 or something. After that, I think it was a Modesto Christian player who got injured uh, and either exited the game or was just down for a bit. Uh, but at that point, I thought that was a really weird moment. Moment, or it was right when it was right when Corona Centennial stopped the bleeding. Actually, so for them, it was the worst time to have a stoppage. It was like, wait, they just caught up, and then we finally got poised, and now the other team has a chance to be like, all right, let's let's you know, we only gave up a bucket or two. Uh, let's get back into catching up and going ahead. And it was Donovan Dent who who came in and just made it like that really untimely stoppage didn't happen. I guess it's hard to put into words how uh, that how, how big a factor that untimely stoppage could have been uh, without having, you know, the film in front of us uh, for our audience. But um, that, that was just my opinion in that moment uh, strongly that, yeah, you, you said it well, he came and took it. And there were a lot of, there were swears in, the, in, that, in that stoppage for Corona Centennial, I guess. Donovan Dent looked at everyone and was like, it's bleeping game time. Let's bleep and go. Like, here we go. And uh, it worked. He set the tone. So best performance, certainly. The best coaching job. I have an outside-the-box one. Who is your best coaching job uh, honoree from the girl side, Lance? You know, I, I've been going back and forth on this one. I came up with an argument for, like, every single team or at least one thing that every single coach did right while I was there. But uh, I don't know if I want to pick. So uh, I'm going to chicken out of this one. Uh, I will say <laughs> this. For, for Windward, uh, well, uh, discussion for another day, but Windward making it here this far, uh, especially changing coaches in between uh, like January 24th or something is, is, is a tremendous story, but it doesn't really, I'm not going to use that to deflect out of the fact that I'm chickening out of this question. <laughs> uh, but there was, there was great coaching all around and I'm not saying that to be cliche, uh, but I, I, I just, yeah. Okay. Pleading the fifth. That's all right. That is fine. I plead the fifth. That's what I'm doing. I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> you don't want to incriminate yourself. No, nah, just kidding. Okay. I have Modesto Christian's Bryce Fantasia, and I know they lost, so some people might say, hey, what are you talking about? But a few reasons that he impressed me. I was talking to some journalist before we were eating the media dinner. Thank you to the CIF for providing that. And he said, how do you see this game going? I think if I were a betting man, the spread, and I was making the, the spread, it would be 20 and a half points to Corona Centennial. And I said, okay, interesting. I, I kind of feel the same way. And then for that game to be tied with four minutes to go, no one was expecting that. And then talking to Fantasia after the game, he was really disappointed, of course, that his team lost. But I think us in the media were guilty of this sometime. We didn't give the Modesto Christian any shot leading up to the game. But the Modesto Christian team, they certainly gave themselves a shot. They went in thinking they were going to win that game. And Corona Centennial came in 32-1. and They'd won every game in the playoffs by at least 20 points. And that didn't bother Modesto Christian at all. I thought Fantasia's ability to not have his team be scared of the big moment really opened my eyes. They were down 14 in the game. A lot of teams could have folded. 
they kept playing really good defense. And I, I thought, too, it wasn't their best players that were making the, the big plays. It, it was Mana Atite, this junior who has improved dramatically from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, talking to people around the program, who wasn't really much of a scoring option in past games. He comes in. He's a starter. He's a really good player. But his offense production was huge in that game. So going to him, seeing a matchup that they liked and, and utilizing it, I thought that was brilliant by the Modesto Christian coaching staff. And again, even though they lost, I, I was really blown away with him. The last thing I'll say, every team is close. Every coach has a good relationship with their players when you get this far for the most part. But just the the family environment from Modesto Christian was the that was the I think the best family environment just based on the press conference that I'd seen out of any of the teams. You could tell how much these kids cared about their coach, how much their coach cared about them. And again, every team has this dynamic, but I thought Modesto Christian was the best of the best with that this weekend. And so I give it to Bryce Fantasia. I thought he really really opened my eyes. I'm excited to watch Modesto Christian down the line. He gets my coach of the weekend. Boom. Nice. <laughs> it makes total sense. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Best press conference moment, Lance. W- wasn't there a team that was doing some rapping? Was was that the best press conference moment for you? Did you see that? Yeah. So I, I wasn't in too many of the press conferences, but I think that was uh, Salesian, unless it was Oakland Tech. Uh, I'm, I'm almost positive that was Salesian, and, and that gets the vote for me. Yeah, that was hilarious. We have the video on Scorebook Live uh, on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. I thought the best... I'm going to find it before this video is over. Okay, okay. I thought the best press conference moment on the boys' side was Scripps Ranch's Jax Leatherwood. They're all on cloud nine after winning. He comes in, he's like, man, I ain't never had eight blocks in my life. (laughs) And that was funny. And then just what he was able to talk about with winning football and winning basketball in the same year, what it meant to him. I thought that was really interesting. He talked about how after they lost to San Dieguito in the section playoffs, they made the semifinals, so they qualified for the state playoffs. He didn't know that, so he thought it wasn't even possible for them to get there. And you can just see he's a guy who you want to play with, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. I listen to a lot of Ringer podcasts, Lance, and they talk about athletes who would be good hangs, good people to hang out with. I, I get that vibe from Jax Leatherwood. feel like he'd be a good guy to, to hang out with if, if you're not playing a sport and uh, a great leader. I, he'd be someone I, I'd want to get behind in a big game. And so I, I learned a lot from that press conference and I thought him being funny and, and him really talking about the significance of winning both was one of the best moments of the weekend. So uh, I got to give the best, best press conference honoree to uh, Jack Sleatherwood. I thought that was uh, really, really interesting. Did you find the rap video? Yes, it, it, it was indeed Salesian, uh, led by their star center, Sylvia Fenongaloa. Amazing. I'll have to watch that again after this. All right, we'll finish with this. What was the best storyline of the weekend? The best storyline of the weekend. If you want more time, well, I can go with mine. I'm. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. It, it, it's just that I feel a little bit bad beating a dead horse uh, and, you know, bringing up something that is uh, so significant yet, uh, you know, depressing that it's to the point of cliche. Um, But with Sage Hill, like, you know, that's the team that Kobe, uh, Kobe's daughter, Gianna Bryant, uh, amazing talent uh, would have been on. And aside from all the tragedy, uh, you know, that's their their sophomore core. That was the Mamba's team. Um, So, 
and that is going to follow them wherever they go. And they allude to the fact that they feel like uh, they might have have them with them to this day, uh, or that they're down, you know, looking down on them. And uh, who I, I don't know. It's it, I just feel bad being like, oh yeah, let me bring this up because it's then that just makes it the best storyline. But I mean, they won the three AA tournament or title last year in the Southern section, and uh, this year, you know, they they almost win two AA. And then they win a division two state title with a bracket filled with teams who uh, were in their division that they lost in or above them. So uh, I, I, I'm, I feel a little guilty going with that one, but it just is one of it, it just is one of the best storylines through the two years so far uh, of their amazing 2024 class. Certainly and that game embodied a team that had been kind of punched around a little bit and then coming back and winning, I, I think. You know, you don't want to read too much into it, but just how that game unfolded, they weren't winning for the majority of it, and then they, you know, they had been down, and then they come back and win. I, I was impressed with their ability to not give up and then just keep the the distance that they were behind manageable, chomp it away, get close, and then at the end make the plays necessary to win was something that really impressed me. So I, I, the, the fact that those girls didn't give up when they could have given up a long time ago was something that really impressed me. Yeah, and, and I guess here's the specific: the fact that after a big win, like uh, I'll talk to, I'll hear from them, and uh, they'll be able to say, you know, in earnest, like Mamba mentality, like the fact that of all the thousands of people I've heard that from who take it seriously, uh, and to some, the a few who it's kind of a not a meme, but just an, a way overused cliche. Uh, the fact that when I hear it from them. <clears throat> you hear the emotion in it or the seriousness in it, or just the fact that it came from the source. Like there, there's just a powerfulness to it. Certainly the the best storyline for me, Corona Centennial was great, but I have to give it to Mike LaDuke, the Damien coach winning his first state championship in 42 years. He was there in 1989 with Glendora and Tracy Murray scored over 60 points. I think it was 64 points and they lost. And then that's 89, 30 years later, and a few extra years, what's that, 33 years later, he gets back to the state championship, and he wins with Damian. So I think thought that was an awesome story. Of course, Corona Centennial, undefeated against California, was a, was a big story. Those are probably the top two, but I got to give the number one storyline to Mike LaDuke. And he was so, so humble after the game. He did not want to talk about him winning. He wanted to talk about his team winning and that story kept me up very late at night trying to write about how humble he was. I hadn't written a story like that uh, ever in my in my career. So uh, it definitely uh, challenged me to, to write that. And, and Mike, you know, your humility was, was really astounding. And it was really, really awesome to see. So I guess we'll, we'll wrap up there. But Mike LeDuc, I thought, was uh, the number one storyline on the boys' side. That's awesome. And uh, we know some people who would be very happy to hear the Tracy, uh, was it Tracy Murray? Tracy Murray reference as well. <laughs> Certainly. Okay, Lance, basketball is all done. We got to get into baseball and softball gear. Look out this week now, though, for some end-of-the-year basketball content before we dive headfirst into the spring stuff. Some all-state teams, some some honorees, state players, coach of the year, all that good stuff. So that'll be coming down the pipeline soon. For Lance Smith, I'm Connor Morissette. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.